I'm Kieran. And I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult. Where two quiverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right. Hey, Kieran. Hi, Eve. <laughs> we always do this at this exact same time. <laughs> right. Hi. Hi. How are you? I am exhausted, but better-ish. I finally had the upper and lower endoscopies that was terrible, actually. And then you had to go back uh, to the hospital last night. Yep, yeah, because as it turns out, the the hypothesis that like my friends and I are, have come to is that I was basically just really, really, really dehydrated. Uh-huh. And and that exacerbates like all of your pain and all of your intestinal distress when you're really, really dehydrated, which doing all of the colon prep does to you. So I had two fluid IVs and I felt much better and I feel much better this morning. And I was like, OK, so just hydrate, kids. Yeah. If you have to have a colonoscopy, hydrate a lot more than you think you need to. Ugh. Yeah. Well, at least your gallbladder is fine. Yeah, my gallbladder is long and beautiful and lovely, apparently, which I find extremely rude because I'm like, <laughs> you wanted obviously an easy there's solution. a problem, yeah. but like, no, it's fine. It's cool. And my nurse was so lovely. She was the nurse that I had when I was getting my histo because I went to UCSF, so it's a medical school. And so she was doing her rotation in OB last mm-hmm. year. And so uh, when she was looking at my gallbladder last night, I was like, can you just like make sure my uterus hasn't grown back? <laughs> and she was like, yes, we can do that. And so <laughs> there is nothing there. It did not also grow back. So you and your paranoia is cute. Yeah. So I've also had a dramatic week. Uh, I last Friday, I got like emailed with a hey you should look into this job and then sent in my resume and within like 48 hours was like hired and told that I had literally 24 hours to turn around and create syllabi for three college level classes oh my whoa so wow (laughs) so um I just got hired to teach at the community college um an hour north of me in Roanoke, so it's up in this this little town in the mountains. It's gorgeous, gorgeous drive, like so beautiful. It fall in the Blue Ridge is going to be stunning. It's up in the Allegheny Highlands, and like, um, so I'm teaching at this community college. They give me an office. I've got three classes, two sections of Comp 111 and one section of Comp 112, and that's like so exciting and affirming. And like, like my homeschooler imposter syndrome is just. Uh, Oh, really getting a beat down because it's like, like actually in, it's really good. It's, I I don't feel like I'm an imposter. I feel very welcomed. I feel, um, supported. I feel very overwhelmed, but, um, I think it's really good. And if you're one of my students, don't listen to this until you finish your homework. Um, so (laughs) yeah, so I, I've got three sections. I'm really excited about it. I, it, it's it's hitting a lot of really um, healing points for me because I, I don't know if our listeners had heard any of the story about how and why I had to leave my uh, my Peace Corps placement a little bit early, but I did, and so there were a lot of like loose ends that I didn't get to finish because of 
um, a traumatic event that got me pulled out of, the, out of my post really f- abruptly, like 48 hours notice, that kind of thing. And so this feels, this feels really, I feel really grateful for this opportunity to like, in a way, finish what I started. Like, it's not the same in any yeah. way, but it, it like, it's like kind of after that, I had this like mental block about like being able to teach and then like some stuff at Holland's where I didn't get a teaching fellowship like I hoped I would also kind of reinforce that and so this is just kind of a a breath of fresh air where it's like this is something that I wanted to do and is clearly a hole in my resume and I just hadn't been given a chance and now somebody's Mm -hmm. giving me a chance so yeah um yay it is like all of those notes like there it is like a probably a really stupid decision on some levels because you know adjunct teaching pays almost nothing like I yeah I like when you work out the hours and spent outside of the classroom and all that it's like basically minimum wage that brings me to my next (laughs) like housekeeping business we revamped our patron levels in case you guys didn't read the post and notice Karen you want to explain why we did that yeah so as we've said before, making the show takes a lot of emotional energy and requires like food and tequila and <laughs> weed and whatever vices that therapy we need to, afterward. Like <laughs> therapy, so many therapy sessions. Like it's a lot of work. And we also learned that over the last year, this this took off like more than we expected yeah. it to. And everyone really just wants to support this work and us and is less interested in, like, the extra things that we get. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, at the beginning, we were we were trying to add extra value into our patron tiers. And anytime we, like, tried to follow up on that, everybody would kind of just, like, shoo us away, be like, we just love the podcast and we love that what you're doing. And that always, you know, was a surprise because... I don't know. <laughs> imposter syndrome. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, exactly because of imposter syndrome. So we decided to change what we did. So we're learning and we changed our levels. So it's more focused on just how how we can be supported and how much you want to give. And and um, obviously there's going to be some similar like higher level access things like we if we do our after dark episodes like we've talked about occasionally you know everybody gets in on that but like there's uh just this deep sense of gratitude on our part that like people just want to keep listening and enjoy hearing us talk about these issues and that's kind of wild um so thank you for being willing to support us yeah and so we changed kind of how our podcast is accessed so the most recent two episodes and the first four episodes of our podcast will always be available. To the, the public, to everyone. To the public, Everyone, right. no patrons. Yeah, but um, the full archive is patrons only, which you can access for as little as a dollar a month. And it goes a huge way towards keeping us like fed both physically and emotionally with just like realizing oh no people actually do want us to keep talking about these things and and people are learning from it and it just like helps encourage us and helps us keep going because it's it's a lot right and and on 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 that note like it doesn't for me at least like for you it pays also for your ability to keep in stay in school 
Um, yes. And for me, it like this job is very like underpaid given the situation and circumstances. And this community college like services like one of the I mean, if you look up like Allegheny Highlands, Virginia, like that region is like the heart of Virginia's like Appalachian opioid crisis. Like it's it is a community that has seen a lot of hard times. And so these these kids that I'm teaching, these adults that I'm teaching, like they're they're getting access to, you know, an education because they want to leave. And so, like, the fact that I'm able to be there and bring in, you know, authors and thinkers that they may not have encountered before and ideas and, like, help them learn how to write, like, that's, like, this feels, (laughs) honestly, this feels like ministry-level work for me, like, in in the way that Peace Corps did. And it's not in a, like, I know there's a a lot that's fraught about, like, being in that position of privilege and going into an area that's not but it's something that I really love like being able to introduce these ideas and show the ropes for learning how to use these tools to people um that's something I'm really really good at and I really enjoy it and so um by supporting this podcast you allow me to continue doing that work Yes. So thank you for listening to our housekeeping. Please support the podcast if you're not already. We appreciate each and every one of you. Um, It really does make a huge difference in our lives. What are we talking about today? So we were going to um, talk about, uh, you know, some stuff that we had already recorded. (laughs) But I think we're switching up the order of things and we are going to be um, jumping the gun and talking about a piece of nonsense that hit the news this week that like everybody can't stop talking about and we find both like extremely funny and also extremely terrifying like this is like peak existential black humor like wow the end of the world is really happening he's he yeah. it came out of his mouth yep yeah so what what was the thing? So there's this uh, man, gentleman who is a birther and a conspiracy theorist who, you know, some of his greatest hits include saying that, like, Heather Heyer at the United the Right in Charlottesville was, like, you know, not, like, it was, like, a staged thing that he said that uh, – the Las Vegas shooting was a Muslim terrorist attack. Like, he said that, you know, Obama wasn't born in the United States. All of these good, classic, classic conspiracy theory, right-wing conspiracy theory, greatest hits. And his latest um, single, if you will, is (laughs) um, saying that Trump is the greatest president for Jews for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He is the best president for Israel in the history of the world, and the Jewish people in Israel love him like he's the king of Israel. They love him like he is the second coming of God. But American Jews don't know him or like him. They don't even know what he's doing or saying anymore. It makes no sense. But that's okay if he keeps doing what he's doing. He's good for all Jews, etc., etc., etc. 
this so this guy this guy's like I believe his heritage is Jewish, but he is not a He's converted. He's converted he's yeah, is he's converted to evangelical Christianity. So yeah. I don't know if that qualifies him as like a messianic Jew or just straight up Christian. I'm, I know there's a lot of fuzziness in this. We've t- Wherever it is that he falls on the spectrum. Yeah. No, the, the episode where I, I announced my name change, I talked a lot about, I think it was 18. We talked a lot about like messianic Judaism and the like underlying anti-Semitism that's, that occurs there. And, and so this is one of those like classic exam- examples of like, this guy sounds so super pro-Jew and is actually like really, really, really like terrifyingly like not interested in their best interests at all. Right. Well, because like, and, and he even brought it up by saying it's like the second coming, like that's a Christian thing. That's a Christian thing. That's, that's about that is like not it, a Jewish yeah, the, thing. The second coming is a Christian thing that's about erasing Judaism. <laughs> like right. Like yeah. literally, there, there's no part of that that is like Jewish culture being good. That's like that's it is Jesus coming back and being like, sorry, Jews, you're not my people anymore because this is for everybody and everything I did for you doesn't exist because Christianity. Right, and so this is like you know this whole like. I mean, it's, it's it's the the rhetoric behind like final solution and replacement theory stuff. Like it's it's bleak. It's bleak. It's really bad. So, um, but Karen, this guy is is like a far right nut job. Why is everyone talking about it? Because uh, our favorite orange Cheeto narcissist <laughs> um, has gotten it into his head that. He is the chosen one now, and that gives him rights to do things like continue this absurd trade war with China so, that is totally <laughs> great for the American economy. So somehow. good. So he so he basically retweeted, he like quoted this this comment. I'm reading this comment directly from um, 45's Twitter. So he quoted the entire thing. And then was like, wow, thank you, such kind words. And that was first thing in the morning on the 21st. Now, later that day, there was a press conference where he, like, starts talking about, like, the the Democrats want a recession, which is, like... Sure. And, and, and actually, I'm not even sure he said Democrats in that quote. I, I heard, I, heard I, I read other ones where he has said that, but um, in that... He's definitely tweeted in that it. in that moment. I think what he said was the fake news wants a recession. And, yes, you know he's speaking to a crowd of reporters on the you know this the White House lawn, and he's like, you know, the fake news wants a recession, and that includes some of you here, and like he's just going on and on and on about China, Rambling and he as says he that does. he's the chosen one to deal with China, and that was his phrase. So like in this interview, he's like. Someone has to someone has one. to stand up to China and I'm the chosen one. And then some reporter says, Do you believe in the second coming of God? And he never responds. Yeah, he just completely ignores it. But like that. this guy, like, clearly, like that reporter is asking this based off of these tweets from earlier that mm-hmm. morning. Um so of course, all of the kids who grew up <laughs> like reading Frank Moretti and like oh the God, Left Behind no. books. And watching the Left Behind movies, 
like start tearing the hair out, being like, "Ack! Oh no, right. <laughs> it's happening!" Is this the Antichrist? <laughs> no, because, it's not. Well, First of all, we all know that according to all of the good left behind lore, the Antichrist is Russian. And how do we know that Trump can is form not? Coherent no, sentences. I'm sorry, I haven't seen President Trump's birth certificate. <laughs> okay. He can't form coherent sentences, though. So, like, yeah, the Russians are better educated than he is. Yeah. Um. Okay, but okay. So, <laughs> like, first of all, let's just like reel this in and go back to our like basic eschatology stuff. Yes. The Book of Revelation was written by like a refugee who had just like watched his entire civilization fall apart. And fall to the Roman Empire. Like, if that's not... And, like, he'd been in fun- what is functionally solitary confinement on this island for years. So, like, if that's not a recipe for, like, some hallucinogenic-style writing, hallucinatory... Yeah. Hallucinatory writing, like, I... Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And so, like... Anytime someone goes and pulls Revelation up and says that this applies to the United States, I start go- having my, like, this is reconstruct Christian Reconstructionism alarm bells go off. Yes. Yes. So Christian Reconstructionism. I'm just like, I, there's no alcohol in my house right now, and I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I know. This is. I'm so annoyed. Um, okay. <laughs> So Christian Reconstructionism basically believes that the Jews fucked up, Christians are the chosen people now, and mm-hmm. in addition, America, like the United States of, is God's chosen nation that has replaced Israel right? as like the fulfiller of all the prophecies and the receiver of all of the divine benefits uh, that will come in the end times city on a hill kind of nonsense. Yeah. So one of the things that, like, the Christian, like, Reconstructionists and, like, theonomists believe in certain, like, there's, like, there's varying shades of them, but one of them believes that, one of these sex, subsects believes that, uh, just, like, I'm, like, so angry, I can't even say it, um, <laughs> believes that, for Christ to return, America needs to be restored to being like a properly Christian nation, and mm-hmm. like we were founded on, right? Like, like so because like America has fallen away, like a little whore. Like we need to like restore her spiritual purity, her religious purity, back to being like faithful only unto the one true God. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. And then when that happens, when her laws are you know biblical like basically yeah old yeah basically fundamentalist christian approved and sanctioned then jesus can return yeah which i really kind of want to sidebar real fast because a lot of this also comes from like the interpretation of the constitution and the u.s founding and, and the revisionist history around that is like well it was God-ordained. We were here to be a Christian nation established by God to do God's work and be a godly country. And, like, that is all bullshit. <laughs> like, if anybody knows anything actually about the Founding bullshit. Fathers, like, I don't think that the, that is no. who they were. 
No, and like we wrote it into our constitution to to keep it like there is a reason that the First Amendment is separation of church and state. Like we we explicitly were founded to avoid that bullshit. Yeah. So and and anyway. And of course this brings us to your point of interest. We both just finished watching The Family on Netflix, which is a documentary about the power behind the throne, if you will. Um, about Doug Coe and his 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 group of people who like organized the National Prayer Breakfast and have like been uh, power brokering for the last like 50, 60 years ish yeah. in the United States. Yeah. Along these lines, like not as fundamentalist, but same same kind of end goal. Yeah. Yeah. So second coming of God sets me off thinking like whoa okay we're getting like super reconstructionist literal here we're getting like very very uh yeah um the whole antichrist as seen in the left behind books actually mm-hmm. reminds me more of trump than yeah. of anything else which is kind of funny like it's I don't know. It's been a long time since I've read those books or seen those movies, but it always seemed like it was like the one that like all the Christians thought was like so great and was going along yeah. with and was like taking all the political power and was like ushering in all of this like very dramatic, drastic change mm-hmm. and was charismatic and whatever. Um, yes. That's the Antichrist. So yeah, cool. I'm I'm down to believe that, that Trump's the Antichrist, but uh, you say he's not Russian, so... Right. I mean, it, it has to be like a tall, blonde, blue-eyed Russian. That's how, that's that's what the movies told me. Okay, so, so obviously. So, um, our, our, like, in a former life, our compatriot Sarah Jones, who did some mobbing with CREG once upon a time, um, she's a, a journalist who uh, has risen through the rings and has done very well for herself, comes from our background in most respects. I believe she was public schooled, though. Was she public schooled? I don't remember. She wrote a piece basically going through a checklist about, like, whether or not Trump actually is the Antichrist. Because she was the seeing, seeing the same thing I did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And her her um, rubric was pretty interesting and taken very much from the, the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and was basically like, well, he, so he's the, the Antichrist is supposed to be a diplomat. Um, everyone on the planet hates the orange one. <laughs> so he fails that test. He's doing the job, but badly. Yeah, like he's he's very charismatic, but he's not diplomatic at all. I don't think and he's supposed to be. He even knows the meaning of and the word. He's supposed to be super, super smart, which like. Right. That one's self-evident. Yeah, no. Uh, the rapture also hasn't happened yet. So that's the other thing, too, is, like, in theory, <laughs> I think the rapture is supposed to happen before well, the Antichrist, like, Well, it depends if you're A-mill, pre-mill, or post-mill, Kieran. Yeah, that's that's true. Some of these... That's true. <laughs> My parents were, like, <laughs> so, pre-trib, I think. Yeah, so some of these, like, basically, these uh, eschatologies believe that, like, the rapture happens before the Great Tribulation. Some of them believe that, like... They happen simultaneously. Some of them believe that, like, the tribulation happens and then the rapture. 
Yeah. I personally so am agnostic <laughs> about tribulation. <laughs> I don't like it. Would like to keep it in the future, but it's kind of happening. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like, if anything, we're at the tribulation point. <laughs> so, so it's post trib. Got it. Got right. It. I mean, yeah, the Amazon and is burning. Uh, he's trying to buy Greenland. Uh, Siberia is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the ice is melting everywhere. For, for for our listeners who don't understand what tribulation is, I don't blame you. Tribulation is the word that we got from Revelation about, like, everything is on fire on the planet. Everything well, is a mess. It's supposed to be, like, a, a period of testing and, like, like, like literally purging society yes. and, like, developed civilization. Like... So everything going right. up in flames is pretty on brand. Yeah, and and given the literal interpretation of Revelation, seems very convincing. <laughs> because God said He would never flood the world again, but He didn't say He wouldn't set the entire planet on fire. Right? Isn't that like a line that Aslan like pulls? That's like directly from Probably. Revelation about like how yeah the yeah. world's supposed to end in fire. Yes, yeah. I think so. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, we're at the everything is spontaneously catching fire stage. I just, if we want to be real literal. I just really don't it. like it when the like chaotic mythology of my childhood is like represented in reality. And right. so the whole like right. truth is stranger than fiction kind of thing. And But my fiction yeah. was really strange, okay? I know. I really, I, I, I left for a reason. I feel like it's rude. <laughs> That it's coming back in real life. It's like a bad like, penny. You can't get rid of I, it. I did not sign up for this. I opted out. I said no. <laughs> okay, so if this is actually the end times, would there be some other things that would be happening? Uh, well, all of the true believers should at some point spontaneously disappear with their clothes and neatly folded. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Do you ever like freak out when you're suddenly alone? Still, <laughs> only if I get it on a subway car, like when it should not be empty. Like it's either like okay, so somebody died in here. There's vomit under one of the seats, or the rapture mm-hmm. happened. That's like how my it that, could be either and that's one. How my, that's how my thought process goes. Like those are the yep. options, and then usually it's something as simple as like the air conditioning isn't working. Right. Yeah, there's there's usually like a good explanation. But, yeah, but, no, besides besides but. like subway settings, like yeah, I don't really have that problem anymore. Our our good friend Elizabeth Esther like has a really great like opening to her her book Girl at the End of the World about that and like how that feels as a child and you know, go get that book and read that if you're yeah. curious about like how that moment can feel when you're very small. It's- it's mildly terrifying. It's, it's downright yeah. traumatizing. It is. It is. As a child, it is traumatizing. As an adult, yes. it's kind of. It's a bugaboo. I have like a mild moment of panic, and then I realize that's bullshit, and someone is just running errands. It's. It's that whole. What's what's the the bargain? The like. Pascal's yeah, Pascal's bargain. bargain like haunts me with this one, where it's like, yeah, it's like I I start thinking about like. You know what would happen if I was, if it was all fake? Like, what if they right. were right? What if they were right? Yes, I get that too. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, uh, things to bring up yeah. in therapy. 
Right. Um, okay, but you were okay. So you 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 have this genocide checklist, and I feel like this is relevant in terms of like, yes. if you're looking for a science of the end times, and we are under the the like terrified assumption that our parents might have been right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's yeah. walk through this because I feel like it's 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 uh, the same. Yeah. Genre. So in early uh 2018 um rightsinfo.org put out this like 10 stages of genocide post um that i've kind of just like been holding in the back of my head as things progress because we're and it's like the 10 stages of genocide like it's not new like this is not this is this is like been developed by anthropologists and sociologists for years yeah ages. it's this yeah, is old yeah. material yeah this is just like the internet version of it that i have pulled up on my computer mm-hmm. right now um so the first level is classification um which we saw happening all of the 2016 election so um, wait what is classification classification is um when you Try to put everything in us versus them. It, it always starts with us versus them. So in 2016 with President Trump, it was uh, the illegal immigrants and us. Mm-hmm. Also like the whole like fake news media. Right. And any anything that is like classified and siphoned off as like us versus them it is these are their other people and they're bad and we're so rephrase Um, then it's basically extreme othering yes uh the second one is symbolization Mm -hmm. which is like using caricatures and colors and symbols and like it's basically like all of the things that you do when you try to dehumanize someone. So, well, it's also like all. I mean, to make it even like a little bit more abstract, like I think, like symbolization is just good marketing. Like it's like okay, so we have this idea and we're like consistently driving it home, and we want to, um, like, we want people to associate other things with it so they have like other physical reminders right and so like if you're doing if you're like trying to learn something if you're like creating flashcards like having certain like colors for certain categories like highlighting things in the text like yeah according to certain colors or using certain symbols as keys like it's a it's a it's a memory device Mm -hmm. yeah and so this is just a way of like Taking that one thing and driving it home right. even further. So kind of like how whenever we see someone with a MAGA hat, we're like, you're obviously a Nazi. It's very similar, but they're like the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, which which immediately uh, jumps into discrimination, um, which is like once you have the classifications of like the other and you have the negative symbols of the other then suddenly you can like start clawing back at any protections those others had and made it legal to discriminate mm-hmm. which has also been so happening. like you the trans bathroom bills. yeah yeah or like how this week uh the Trump DOJ told the Supreme Court that it's legal to fire people for being gay and trans. 
And what was that about disloyal Jews? Oh, yeah. Also, that whole thing about how Jews are being disloyal if they vote for anybody who is a Democrat. Like, that also is... Yeah. yeah. So these are examples. Yeah. Real of things that Real-time have happened examples. in the last month of August. All right. Yeah. Okay. Keep... All right. Uh, What's next? Number four is dehumanization, which, like, all of those other steps are basically a precursor to basically saying that all of these others are not human. So what's that whole like nasty women and vermin and uh, shithole countries mm-hmm. and uh, well, there were some other ones Didn't I can't even recently, remember. Oh, Baltimore rats. Yeah, and he recently said that illegal immigrants are infesting the U.S., which right, is, which is which is like so it's the opposite of anthropomorphization. It's dehumanization. It's creating. An associ- mental association between like an animal or a creature that is not wanted mm-hmm. um, with an actual physical human being. Yes. Um, and number five is organization, which takes all of everything that has culminated from um, classifying, symbolizing, discriminating, and dehumanizing and putting it into some kind of category like, I don't know, ice raids. Yeah. And uh, in addition to that is polarization, where you are just consistently hounding the message that these others are bad. These others aren't human. These others are a threat. These others have to be isolated. They have to be put in cages. They have to be sent out of the country. They have to be whatever the fuck. Which is basically Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Right. Uh, And Fox News. Yes. Yeah, and, and every right-wing pundit, whoever, is saying anything about that. Right. Number seven is preparation. What does preparation look like? Preparation is like when you have a task force and infrastructure to weed out all of the unwanted. So, like, concentration oh, so it's camps. Like cr- Oh, it's like creating a special task force? Yeah. Like ICE? Like and ICE. giving them unilateral power? Correct. That is exactly what wow. that is like. Yeah, you know, when did ICE get created? Recently. I feel like it was 2009. Yeah. Yeah, it was not long ago. ICE is very young and should die in a fire. Um, Hang on. March... First, 2003. Yeah, right, because so it was, that was under Bush. Yes. So, like, when we were when we, we were targeting created, Muslims, right? So they created a system, and that didn't exist before, in preparation for systemized persecution of a certain people group. Yep. Which is exactly the next step, which is persecution, which is all those people who have been identified and targeted and othered are now being targeted for raids and being persecuted and so, being So like, yeah, so this taken. is like the schedule the scheduled unilateral ice raids. This is the um, building and using of concentration camps at the border. And I think the next step is the the one where the removal of time limits for how long someone can be held in those camps mm-hmm. um, is applicable. So why don't we get to that? Yeah. Nine is extermination, which is when you have state-sanctioned violence. You can just round up people and get rid of them because so they are threats. In, 
Right. So in these camps, like there was up till recently, I think a 20 day limit. And now it's been completely eliminated. Now we can just keep people in these inhumane, deadly, terrible conditions for... And they don't need soap or blankets. Right. And like people are... Kids are dying of malnutrition and being cold and starvation and just sickness because everyone is sick and there's no hygiene. Like this is... This is... we We are in step nine. We are fully in stage nine of genocide right now like we are here yeah that is where we are so so the rapture might not be happening anytime soon and the end time thing might not be real but we are actually facing like a historical crisis of genocidal levels in our within our borders it is happening here that deserves to be taken as seriously as these like nonsense end time series yeah. Uh, ooh, that whole thing about like, what would I do yep. if I was in Germany in 1936? Now you get to find out because it's happening right here today. What you're doing right now. Yep. That's the that's, answer. That's what you're doing. Yeah. The 10th stage is denial, which is just that like, no, we didn't do anything bad. It's the cover. Yeah. Up. See, look. What bodies? I don't, I don't know. know about any bodies. Right. And which is like. Like, honestly, we're probably halfway through step 10 because we don't know how many people have died in these camps. Like, we we know some people have. We don't know how many. We don't know how many people have been taken. We don't even know how many kids have been taken. I just want to put a note here. Speaking of kids, there was that video that was going around with the children crying because their parents had disappeared Mm -hmm. while they were at school. Yeah. I would urge you, listener, dear listener, Dear, dear listener, don't share that uh, without a warning. content warning. One, don't share it without a content warning. Two, think about the fact that if you're sharing that and you haven't shared anything else about this and you haven't been paying attention to this in other ways and talking about it already on your social media feeds, that you are functionally using trauma porn yeah. With small children to make people care. If that's what it takes for you to share something about this, you have a moral problem that you need to look into. And I don't want to like say you're a bad person, but I'm saying you're a, you've been overlooking some things and you need to look into how to share and raise awareness for this without without it literally costing trauma on brown and black bodies. Mm-hmm. That is like visible to you. If it has to be in your face like that, something's wrong. Yeah, there are so, other ways. Yeah, so like, please be aware of how you talk about this, what you do. Like, obviously, that's super sensational. It will get people's attention, but the why is really, really important to consider too. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um. So clearly we're upset. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I thought of while I was looking through the 10 stages of genocide was also um, like the 10 steps of the rise of a fascist leader. Um, and this is something like I'm taking political science this semester. And this is something that we touched on in class this week as well, because fascism kind of 
permeates through any kind of government. It's not it's not a government system. It just like it's just power. Is, yeah, it's just power. Power. And and so like you know, we all say like Trump is a fascist and a lot of us don't necessarily know what fascism is. So I'm just going to read out the 10 stages of it because it's all very familiar. Mm-hmm. So the first one is you play to people's fears, insecurities, and anger to win the election. You normalize yourself through your public statements and press. You appoint a trusted associate who is close to the vortex of power, but also outside of the traditional power structure, which, like, his entire cabinet that keeps rolling over. And also, like, Pence. Ivanka. And Ivanka <laughs> and his son-in-law or whoever the fuck. Um, Jerry Cook and Kushner. Yeah. Um, also, uh, fascists typically remake the party that brought them into power in their own image and refashion it to be either hey, you support them re- or they, nothing. They, they, they refashion it? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry. like, I feel like this is something that we can see playing out in the Republican Party as well because everyone is just supporting Trump at all costs. And it, it's mind-boggling to me having grown up in the evangelical movement, seeing all these evangelical leaders, like, follow this person who is so contrary to literally everything. But, 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 that's very well explained in the documentary, The Family. Yes, go go watch it. Watch that. Um, Five, the fifth step, and we'll put this in the notes, it's from Huffington Post. They almost always begin their tenure focused on, like, infrastructure things, like fixing the economy. (laughs) Infrastructure week has never ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, they, the sixth one is they develop. Oh, wait, actually, okay, yeah. pause on that. It's a really, it's a really easy way to get buy-in because people are invested in like actual improvement of like their access to services, right. and so like that, that whole big fucking tax cut that was like a Christmas present for all of the billionaires. Right. Yeah. That is what that looks yes. like. Yes. Yes. That is exactly okay. what that looks like. All right. Keep going. Sorry. Um, yes. And then they develop and refine their identity in anticipation of reelection, which we can see happening with all of his campaign rallies that are happening while he's still president and all of that. The biggest uh, number seven is that um, the biggest test for their staying power is being reelected the first time. So we'll see how that plays out in 2020. Yeah, get out the vote. Yeah, and then number eight is after reelection, uh, they tighten their grip on institutions mm-hmm. of power and remove institutional ability to check their own power. Right. So. Watching what's happening with the Supreme Court, for instance, how it is being packed by fucking Trump cronies, removes entirely that branch of government's ability to check the executive power. So, you know what all of this reminds me of? Mm. Like, not to, to distract from the importance of what you just read, but like, it reminds me a lot of how when I was still a Christian, um... One of those common conversations that would be had with people who, like, were on the fence about belief was how the violence in the Old Testament, the God-sanctioned violence in the Old Testament was this thing that, like, caused a lot of doubt among believers. And it's like, 
you know, I, you know, I love being a Christian. I love these, these things about my faith, but it like really troubles me how like our God that we worship now can be the same God that like literally commanded, like murder this entire city, including women and children, and then burn it to the fucking ground. Yeah. Like in the Old Testament. And like, how can you reconcile these things? And so there's this like whole just war theory that got created around this, but like there's, there's this school of, of thought around that particular question that has taught a lot of evangelical Christians to, uh, that they don't understand God Mm. in his ways and his plan. Yes. And so you need to just shut up and with your doubts and trust him. And so with that whole thing where this like, this seems like super unjust, this is literally a crime against humanity. And we worship a just God who taught Mm -hmm. that that was the way to go. Um, well, you just don't understand God's, God's ways are God's not ways. our ways. God's, God's ways are not our ways. Like it's, you know, it's a different, it's different for him. He created it. He can destroy it. Da, 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 da. Doesn't matter how. Yep. Um, and so if you've already ceded that territory, that moral territory in your mind, it's not going to be that much harder for you to say, oh, well, we are in this like extreme end time situation and God has appointed this chosen one. Mm-hmm. And it may not be pleasant and it wouldn't be what I would choose. And it doesn't feel just to me. But, but God's ways I are not our ways. God's ways are not our ways. And he is all knowing and wise and kind. And so obviously I just have to vote for Trump and trust that this is going to be fine. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen with the evangelicals come 2020. So I think the thing that I would say here is if you have someone in your life who is is a true devout Christian, is a true believer um, in the faith, and has that sort of like moment of being bothered by those Old Testament genocides, and they're planning on, on voting for Trump again, play up that like discomfort. Yes, like, lean into it. Really, like really lean into it. Just like don't don't go, you know, all vindictive and in their face and like telling them how they're immoral. But like when those questions get raised, pry them open a little bit. Validate those questions, that those are good questions to ask even. Yeah. Like encourage them to keep asking those questions. Because it's those kinds of questions that got you and me out. Because it was like, these these are values that we believe are really important because we got taught this way because of our faith. And, like, they're not being represented. Yeah. So, like, the whole, you know, honestly, like, in some respects, the no true Scotsman fallacy, like, no true Christian would do what Trump is doing. Right. Is, is, is powerful in, in ways that, you know, there's, there's a certain moment where they've, they jumped overboard and really just, like, swallowed the power offering hook, line, and sinker. And, that again, the Netflix documentary, The Family, really gets into that very well. But if they haven't jumped that far and gone into those waters and they're still very focused on like doing it right and being righteous and they're having their faith be pure, then that's a piece, that's a place that you can really lean in. Yes. 
encourage them to ask those questions and try to reconcile that dissonance and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, can you even? I don't know. I couldn't do it. I couldn't reconcile that disconnect. No, I, I wouldn't be able to either. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I wasn't able to. It just never got better. Yeah. So. Hmm. Uh, okay, this is heavy as hell. Yeah. Um, the last two in the 10 small set steps to executing the fascist playbook is um, marginalize the voting power of groups who are aligned against you. So, oh, wait, they've already done right, that. Yeah, all of that gerrymandering that's happening right now all over the place, that's what that's about. Just, right, well, and also... And also, like, like just the, the voter oppression in general. Well, and, and the fact that, like, the, the, the ability of using, like, complex, complex bureaucracy to inhibit people from getting registered to mm-hmm. vote... Like, you know, you can't do it without a driver's license or you can't do it without this kind of ID and or you can't do it without yep. this or that. And like we are only open for this kind of registration between this time and that time. Yep. Like making it if impossible. you look at anything that Stacey Abrams has been talking about over the last year, like she has like been documenting these issues really well. So if you want to educate yourself about how that's already happening in really awful ways. Check out her her new project. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but it, you just Google Stacey Abrams and and it'll come up. The, because she's working she's working on this. The last one, which ties into Trump's new fantasy that he is the chosen one, is declare yourself father of the people. <laughs> and I think I think it's really you know he was waiting for this. Like he was waiting for someone to say it first. Because yes. if someone says it for him, then it's valid. Then he doesn't. Ha- then it's valid, and he doesn't have to be like, you know, looking as a self-aggrandizing as he is, like to be like he didn't come up with this. Someone else said it, so he's just repeating what they right. said. Right, and obviously this person can speak for this group of people that he's not even a part of. Yep. Because like, sorry, he, Alan, whatever his name is, Wayne. Wayne Allen. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I love that you can't. I even don't remember even his remember name. his name. Whoever this dude is, is like, well, see, I should know because as someone who deconverted from Judaism, but is an Ivy League Jewish person, I, I can say that Trump is like the president or the king of Israel. And I'm like, my dude, no, you have no right to say any of that. One, you're not even part of the religion anymore. And two, mm-hmm. your Ivy educated status is not representative of like everybody who is Jewish, especially the people who live in Israel. Like, I don't even know what you're on about. You have literally no ground to be talking about this. Well, actually, actually, like, if you, I mean, there's there's some of it that's the, the polling, the polling is like 69% approval rating of Trump from Israel, but like still. They can't vote for they him. They can't vote. They're, it's, yeah, it's, that doesn't even matter because it's not their election. So, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're we are full on in fascism and genocide, y'all. Sorry to dump that on you, but we're here. This is if you ever wanted to know what you'd be doing in 1930s Germany. Well, now is your time. We're at it. Yep. What are you doing? (laughs) What are we doing? I mean, we're doing this. We're doing this, and and I'm teaching community college, and you're trying to get your degree in organizing or the equivalent thereof, yep. and not die. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, the not dying is like a huge priority right now. <laughs> yeah. So, 
get off your ass. Help people vote. Yeah. Um, Donate to some real organizations that are doing good work. Yeah. Go run for city council or something. Yes, run for your city government. Run for anything. Unionize at your job. Do something to like push back in some way that's concrete. Get involved in your local politics, whatever that may be. Go make your corner of the world better. And also, like, not to get all like super saccharine, but like, I really think that in addition to all those things, it's just as important to be like super proactive and, uh, generous yes loving your friends and your community and like making space for connection to happen so like get out there and go on dates yeah have people over for dinner don't just sit in your room in despair create art play with your friends find things that are like these radical generous like pleasure centered outlets mm-hmm. because yes the universe is burning but like work hard and play just as hard because otherwise you're gonna go crazy this is why i play dungeons and dragons every month because it's just like a time where i can just be with friends and enjoy myself and solve problems that just- like are great to solve and then it's fine this is why I write poetry and like take boudoir photography yeah. and hiking. Like these are things that are super important. So like, yeah, organize, get off your ass, but also like be as generous and like focused on supporting the people around you and allowing them to have outlets for pleasure and play yeah. as much as you like can. Like the one piece of scripture that like still rings true to me is that perfect <laughs> love casts out all fear. And I feel like that's very true, at least in practice. So, like, I think the one that got, that, that really gets me is that like God made wine for the poor yes. so that they can actually have some pleasure out of life. But you know, yeah. each each their that own. Too. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Go try and find joy in whatever place you can, and work to share that with other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Sorry, this was a depressing one. Bye. Check out our Patreon. Support the podcast. Rate, like, subscribe, do all the things. The links are in the if description. You can't, yeah, if you can't subscribe to it, you can't afford it, share it with your friends and get them to sign up for it. Like, we don't care if you guys get a family account. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just throw a little money our way and like, like and rate and subscribe. All of the things. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week with something equally depressing (laughs) and hopefully some responses that are witty about it. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye.